lovely to see you all. Lovely to see you. And uh, I'm going to be speaking today on God's will to heal. It's God's will to heal. It is. <laughs> it is God's will to heal. Completely and absolutely. You know, our God is a good God. We sing that sometimes, don't we? We sing, our God is a good God. You know, he's good in every way possible. He's absolutely good. That means, do you know what absolute means? Absolute, like there's nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing else. He is good through and through. He's good 100%. You know, he is life and he is light. Okay? He is those things. He's everything good. And I want to read a scripture to you from John 10.10. 10. And it says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, this is Jesus speaking, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Who's the thief? Satan. Yep, and the kingdom of darkness, that's right. So the thief is the one that brings horrible things into this world, including sickness, including disease, including injury and pain, all of those things. You know, Satan is not only a thief, he's also the father of lies, the Bible says, and he's a deceiver, he deceives, that's one of his main strategies. And there is no truth in him at all. And John 8, 44 says that, and, and Revelation 12, 9 as well. So if you're sick, or if you have any disease or injury in your body, or in your soul, the origin is Satan and the kingdom of darkness. And if you're sick, and if you have any disease or injury in your body or soul, it's God's will that you're healed. It is God's will that you're healed. You know, God didn't design us to carry sickness. He didn't at all. He didn't design us that, or even to sustain any injuries of any kind. He didn't design us to, to do that. He, you know, we're made in his image, aren't we? Genesis 1.26 says that we're made in his image and in his likeness. And if God doesn't carry sickness and disease, which he doesn't, then we shouldn't either, should we? We're not designed to carry that stuff. Nor are we designed to carry any kind of injury in our soul. We're not designed for that, you know. And yet we know what happens, don't we? Satan is the god of this world, the Bible says, and so he's, he causes havoc around the globe. And we don't need to put up with that as children of God. And if we're to be children of the light, then darkness has no place. That means sickness has no place. That means disease has no place. Injury has no place. So God is not ever trying to teach us anything through sickness. He's never trying to teach us anything at all through that. And nor is he a punitive God. 
He doesn't punish us by making us sick either. He never does that. He is absolutely good. Absolutely good. So that means there is no way that he will ever use sickness or disease to harm us, to teach us something, or to punish us, ever. So if you're depressed or have anxiety, even have bipolar or any mental health issue at all, or if you've had any uh, damage sustained to your soul from any kind of trauma or anything, any of life's experiences, it's God's will that you're healed. He didn't design you to be unwell or to hold those things long term. You know, God is a triune God, some people say. That means he's got three parts. He's got the Father, he's got the Son, he's got the Holy Spirit. And because we're made in his likeness, we've got three parts as well. It's pretty cool, eh? So we are a spirit being. I'm sure quite a lot of us realize that, but if you didn't, here you go, news. You are a spirit. Your body is actually just what you live in, okay? You have a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions, and you live in a physical body. And when that physical body is no longer able to hold you, you go on your spirit man continues to live after that. And as you know, you're either going to be in heaven or you're going to be in hell once your physical body dies. And that all depends on you and the decision you make. But if you're born again, and you, if you've, so if you're born again and you've made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, then your spirit has been regenerated and restored, this is cool, to the way that God originally intended. So your spirit has been born again. That's where that term born again comes from. Because you were born once, or you were, you were conceived once, your spirit went into your a little bit of flesh at conception... And then you were born a little bit later. And then when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're born again. Your spirit man is recreated. Now, I said before, God doesn't have any sickness or disease. He doesn't have anything like that on him. Nor is he depressed or anxious or fearful or damaged in any way at all. And so therefore we, as his children, shouldn't have any sickness or disease or injury in our physical body either. And our soul should be free from every kind of damage and injury and negative mental state. You know, John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is truth. That's why we have that sign out there that says Jesus is the real source of truth. Because Jesus is the only source of truth. That's it. Oh, well, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> and Jesus is the Word as well. John 1 14 says, you know. <laughs> 
And do you know what? Whatever Jesus says should be heeded and believed, shouldn't it? That's faith. That's what faith is. So it's God's will for mankind to have abundance in life. We know that from John 10.10. 10, to have health, full health, to have prosperity, and to be overcome with blessing. Doesn't that sound good? God's will is for mankind to have life in abundance. So that is absolutely a wonderful thing, complete health. Thank you, God. So for that to happen, God expects us to live our life by faith because we know that without faith it is impossible to please God and we live by faith. And uh, faith is an unwavering belief that what God says is true, isn't it? It's an unwavering belief. It's just knowing. It's believing. It's taking God for his word. (laughs) And in Hebrews 10.38, it says, The just shall live by faith. And we are the just. If we know God, we are the just. We've been made righteous, which just means we've been made right with God. We've been made right again with God. And so we should live by faith. That is one of the requirements of being a Christian, really. We also need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. So that just means not living for our own agenda. But what do we do? We submit and surrender ourselves to God. James 4.10. Let's have a look at that one. That says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Oh, and he will lift you up. That sounds good. And another thing is living a holy life. And so I've got a scripture for that. 1 Peter 1.16 says, It is written, be holy, for I am holy. That's cool, isn't it? So verse 15 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And then verse 16, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So God expects us to live a holy life. And it is God's will for us to be completely healed and made whole. So as I said, God never punishes people with evil. Now, don't forget, too, that uh, don't get that confused with justice or judgment, okay? Because it's, or even sowing and reaping, because what we sow will reap, whether good or bad, okay? That's just a law that's set in place. But everything that God does is good. And James 1.17 says... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift, every good gift, every perfect gift is come from where? Above, from God, the Father of lights, you know. And with, with uh, when there's light, Darkness can't be there either, can it? He's the father of lights. And it says, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means God doesn't flip-flop. He's not, oh, yes, I'm good, and oh, no, I really want to punish those people. No, he's not like that at all. There is no variation. So we can't say God doesn't want us to be healed. We can't say God wants us to be sick to teach us patience or anything else. You know, every good gift comes from 
God and there's no variation in that. So is it good to be sick? No, it's not. <laughs> is it good to be unwell? No, it isn't. Does it glorify God to be unwell or to have wounds? No, it doesn't either. So it makes no sense to say that God's will isn't for everyone to be well, does it? Because God would be fighting himself, if that were true. <laughs> and in Mark 3, I'm going to read you a scripture out of Mark 3. Let me find it. It says, what had been happening was Jesus had been healing people. He'd also been uh, casting out demons and so forth. But the scribes, verse 22 of Mark 3, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. So Jesus called them to him. He said, come on, come over here, I need to tell you something. And said, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And verse 26, if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. God is light. And darkness can't coexist with light. It's impossible. It's impossible. You know that because I'm sure you've all gone into a darkened room and turned on the light. And the darkness doesn't stay there or try and, with, you know, just sort of be there as well. You can't have light and darkness in the same place. It's impossible because the light... The darkness flees when the light comes on, doesn't it? And it's the same with God. He is absolute light. He is absolute truth and he is absolute goodness. In 1 John 1.5, it says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness at all. So God never puts sickness or disease or injury on us not on our physical body or our soul. And he doesn't steal our life from us. He doesn't destroy us. That's what Satan in the kingdom of darkness does. So when we're born again, our spirit is recreated, which is awesome, but our body and our soul are not. Okay? And Jesus came that we would have life in abundance. Do you know what Isaiah prophesied? He prophesied... Lots of amazing things. But in Isaiah 53, he prophesied that redemption would come to us through Jesus' death on the cross. And so Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. But do you know what? It, he didn't do that for himself. He did that for us. So I'm going to read it again. Surely he has borne our griefs. He's borne them, all of them. He's carried our sorrows, 
Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Praise the Lord. It's for us. He, he, Jesus, Jesus, what he did on the cross means that he heals the wounds in our physical body and he heals the wounds in our soul, which is our mind and our will and our emotions. So, we've all sustained damage of some kind. I've, I've had lots of uh, times where my physical body's been damaged. I'm sure all of you have, no matter what your age. I, we all have fallen over as children, eh? Grazed our knee. <laughs> Grazed our elbow. I've done that as an adult and a child. <laughs> I fell over once when I was pregnant with Haley, Down some stairs, even. Concrete ones. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit painful because I, to, to avoid actually landing on Haley, I took the brunt with my shins and my arms. <laughs> and so I had grazes down here and down here and here and here. <laughs> it was a bit sore. But I'm sure you've all done things of some kind of nature like that. I certainly had lots of falls as a child. I've even got the scars on my knees to prove it. I've broken an arm. I broke an arm when I was 16 years old. I even had a bad accident when I was 18. And I'm sure that you guys have had things happen in your life where your physical body's been injured or, or whatever. Anybody had the cold before? Anybody had the cold virus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say probably every single person in here has had the cold virus. <laughs> Do you know what? We also sustain injury to our soul as well. And it might have even been in your childhood or as an adolescent or as an adult. We've all been through stuff. Um, did you ever get lost in the mall? My daughter did. Haley again. <laughs> she was quite good at wandering off. We would be walking around the shop. I remember being in an Australian uh, mall once with all with Jasmine and Haley. Jasmine was quite good at just sticking close by, but Haley had just—I don't know—she'd just be off. Not not necessarily on purpose, though. She wouldn't run away. She'd just be. She'd see something. And, uh, and we'd keep walking. And I remember once thinking, where the heck is Hayley? <laughs> She'd just been there. And we could not find her at all. So we, luckily we found somebody who was on security and they were able to organise for an announcement to be made. Oh, and, but before that was made, another announcement came up to say, could the parents of Haley Thomas <laughs> please come to collect her? <laughs> and she was extremely upset. So I would say that was probably a traumatic experience for her. 
because I think they, somebody found her crying. I know, poor thing. <laughs> Maybe you've been accidentally left behind as a child. <laughs> I'm just going to give an example that I gave in the last service as well. When <laughs> Pastor Robin doesn't know about this. but uh, Well, she does, but she won't remember it immediately. <laughs> when I was about five years old, back in the 1970s, it was quite common to leave your children just while you're quickly ducked into a shop. And so mum, in the car I mean, mum had left myself and my brother in the car outside the grocery shop in Newlands. <laughs> and, and she said, I'm just going to go in and get a few things, I'll be back in a minute. And so we were in the car, my brother and I, who was two when I was five, and... According to my timeline, my mum was taking a lot longer than she should. And so I started getting these panicky thoughts like, mum's not coming back. And I started to cry. And I was crying and I just got so worked up I was sobbing to the point where my brother, little brother, by the way, was patting me on the shoulder saying, it's okay, Lisa, she's coming back. I said, no, she's not. She's not coming back. <laughs> and I was so upset. And, <laughs> and then mum did come back. <laughs> yep, she did. And she said, what are you crying for? And I said, oh, I thought you weren't coming back. And she said, don't be silly. Of course I was going to come back. <laughs> but uh, I was so upset by that. And then I was telling Peter about it just this week, and um, it's amazing. It must have had a traumatic effect on me because when I told him, I started welling up with tears <laughs> at 50-something years old. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how things like that can stay with you. <laughs> and it's nobody's fault. But as a child, your mind goes crazy, doesn't it? It is. It's a fear, absolutely. But other traumatic experiences too, you know, it could be a marriage breakup. That's a very traumatic thing to go through. Um, death of a parent or a child or a loved one. Those are really hard experiences to go through as well being badly treated by somebody even. So these experiences can actually create a wound in our soul to varying degrees. And, and, and it's amazing how when I was telling Pastor Peter about that situation, the situation itself was, the memory of it is, was fine, it was okay, but the emotion was still there. It's amazing how quickly that emotion surfaced. It was like in a split second. And I was back there experiencing that feeling again without my brother. <laughs> but absolutely, God wants to heal us from all of those experiences, even ones like that, actually. He even wants to heal us from those. And if you, if you think about it, there will be some that are more traumatic than others, but we need healing from all of them, really, don't we?
So I want to focus for the rest of my message on the wounds to the soul. I think we've established that God wills for us to be healed. But when our soul is wounded, it can cause a fracturing of that of our soul. And um, sometimes the way we react to it is we'll put up a wall to kind of close that pain off a bit from the rest of the... So it's just so... It's like a protective mechanism because we're, we need to be able to function as a person, okay? And so what happens is we close that little bit off. It's kind of become fractured or disjointed or pulled away. And the rest of the soul can function. And so we don't have to deal with that wound much unless something triggers it. But those wounds don't heal themselves. And time does not heal wounds like that. It doesn't heal wounds like that. It's a, that's a misleading statement that people have come up with over time. And, uh, it, and it's true, isn't it, that when those sorts of things happen and we're reminded of it, those emotions well up again. And it just shows you that that is still there. Jesus can heal those wounds. Time won't heal the wounds. We can't heal the wounds. The wounds won't heal themselves, but Jesus can. Isn't that awesome? Jesus said in Luke 4, uh, 18, I've got it right here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's, he's reading actually from a prophetic scripture from the Old Testament. But then after he said this, he said, today this has basically come true in your hearing. And what he said was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, some, our, our physical, our healing can, sickness in our physical bodies can, and even in our, in our soul, can be the result of a demonic thing. But that's not what I'm specifically talking about. Wounds to our soul, though, if they're not healed, can create like a little opening for a demonic activity to keep coming back. So if we have prayer for something and tell a demonic thing to go, if that wound isn't healed, it's, it's like... there's still something there that creates an opening for a demonic thing to come back sometimes, okay? Just wanted you to be aware of that. But we can take care of that because then if, we can he if those wounds in our soul are healed, there's nothing for any demonic thing that might try to oppress us to come back to. And so... 
you know, when we, when we recall traumatic events, as I said before, they will trigger negative emotions. And the emotions might include grief or sadness or anger or guilt or shame or hate. Could be anything. I've only just named a few. Could be hopelessness. There's lots. Rejection. Lots of things. But do you know what? Jesus will heal the wound in your soul, not necessarily by removing the memory, but by removing the painful emotions attached to it. And once you're healed, those memories won't trigger that negative emotion anymore. Sounds good, eh? So how do we do that? We do it in the same way that we receive physical healing, and that's by faith. That's just by believing that God will do it. Believing that God will do it. He can and he will when we ask him to. And so what we do is this. We identify, I'm going to just take you through a little bit of a, um, an exercise with this. And then I'll give you, if, if you want to, you, I'll give you an opportunity to, to have ministry one-on-one -on -one after, okay? But what we do, and, and you know, the Holy Spirit may have been talking to you while I've been saying this stuff and might have reminded you of something in your life that needs healing in your soul. It's quite likely that there will be more than one thing. But that's okay, because you can just do this in your own time. You can do it as many times as you need to do it. Okay? And so you just need to identify those negative emotions. That's really all you need to do, and then ask Jesus to take them away and heal your soul. So all we do is we ask Jesus to remove them and ask him to heal us. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to, we'll pray, we'll pray out loud. You don't have to be sharing any stories right now. <laughs> but what I want, if the Holy Spirit has been talking to you, I want you to think, just close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to think about that, and I want you to identify the strongest emotion you felt, or you feel, that you still feel actually. What is that strongest emotion that you feel? And I want you to say, Jesus, so say it now, Jesus, I feel, and then say that, or, or say very quietly just what that emotion is. So this is, this is what I, I did with that experience I had as a child. Jesus, Lord, I felt and feel, I felt um, fear and anxiety, Lord. And then I want you to say this, Jesus, I ask you to remove it. And Jesus, I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. Thank you, God. And it's as simple as that. And then what you can do, you can do it again. You could even go back. There might be another emotion. You might want to try it again and 
it might turn out that actually there's another emotion uh, that was underneath that first one. And there might be another emotion that, that God's highlighting to you that you're feeling. And you can go through that process again until it's all dealt with. Okay? So I... Just having a wee look here. So everybody here knows Jesus, which is awesome. Praise God. So your spirit is regenerated. What I want to do now is I want to give you an opportunity to have prayer. So perhaps if we, unless the band wants prayer, if, if the band wants prayer, that's fine. <laughs> but if, you, if you're all good with that, um, then feel free to come on up because I want to give you an opportunity to receive prayer. And the rest of you, they're, they're just obviously we're having a, a really important time here, so just please don't talk. Unless you want, if you want to go out, that's fine. There is a cup of tea and coffee available if you want to have that. But I want to give you a chance to receive prayer. And um, ministry team, if you want prayer, that's fine. Or if you want to come up and, and help, and same with anyone in the leadership team as well. So, um, yeah, if you'd like some prayer.